Hello and welcome to the IHA podcast, Getting to Know Hospital Leaders. My name is Joa Hogan. And today we interview David Stark. David Stark was named president and CEO of Unity Point Health Des Moines in July of 2018, but joined Unity Point in 1995. David held several positions, including Chief Operating Officer at Iowa Lutheran Hospital, President and Chief Operating Officer for Blank Children's Hospital, and Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for UnityPoint Health Des Moines. He and his wife, Becky, have four children, Kira, Ainsley, Kale, and Marin. Well, thanks for joining us, David. Can you tell us what a typical day looks like for you as President and CEO of UnityPoint Health Des Moines? Well, one of the things that I like the most about this opportunity in healthcare in general is there's not always a typical day. Uh, a lot of variety and, uh, and, and challenges, which I really enjoy, but it usually for me does start early. I like to be in the office before 7 a.m. and uh, I like to get an orientation for the day. So preparing of where things are at with the night report, current census, and then we kick every day off with our daily safety huddle. So that's usually a typical way the day starts and usually ends up sometime in the evening after some meetings with physicians generally. David, you've had several C-suite level positions at several major hospitals. Can you tell us how, if any, your leadership style has changed over the years? You know, if one thing has changed, it's the reminder of how important all of our people are. And from a leadership standpoint, if you're not spending time with people, meaning out of your office, visible, whether that's on a unit, a department, with physicians, with managers, that's probably the piece that has been reinforced to me over the years in various roles. And how similar that is, regardless of the position, regardless of the facility, how important that visibility is. And I I think of, of, particularly during the pandemic, that visibility was so important because you want to have that visibility and leadership for communication, for clarity, for grievances and complaints too. And that's part of uh, the leadership style I've adopted over the years and really has has become even more apparent as I continue to to progress through my career. Oh, great. I appreciate that. David, I've lived in Des Moines for most of my life and a big fan of Des Moines. I've seen how downtown Des Moines and the surrounding neighborhoods have grown and changed over the years. From your perspective, how has this growth impacted the delivery of health care to residents of Des Moines? Well, Joe, I'm the same way. I'm a huge fan of Des Moines. This is where we've raised our children. We've been here 20, 26 years. So I've had a chance to see that same growth and development that you referenced. And it's been remarkable. Uh, in terms of, of healthcare, access is the first word that comes to mind. Uh, you know, many years ago, there really wasn't as many people downtown, or if the people that worked downtown, they went home at night to the suburbs, and so you had to take care out to that level. You know, our ability to offer more services here locally at our particular downtown campuses at Methodist and Blank and Lutheran, um, we've seen that we've had to bolster those in terms of primary care, urgent care. Um, and some of the ancillary services uh, that we, uh, we typically were not providing as much of. And then also the convenience factor of, of what we've done on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, we did not before have uh, clinic access regularly on the weekends. Uh, that's more of an important piece, again, for access and all of the folks that are downtown, you know, whether it's for a farmer's market or a concert or something at the Civic Center, there's just a lot more activity, which is wonderful to see in people, but they need healthcare and they need it on their time. And so our ability to provide that 
um, has has looked different uh, since some of that growth and developments happened. That's a good take. I didn't I didn't even think of that as far as additional events and things happening downtown. You know, I remember back, you know, 20 years ago, it was just like you stated, it was just corporate world down here, you know, it was come to work and then go home. But now there's, you know, stuff going on 24 seven downtown. Throughout your healthcare career, how has your relationship with the Iowa Hospital Association changed? Really good question, Joel. Like many people, when I first started, I saw IHA as my education resource, the annual meeting for instance, um, and the publications, which at that point were publications. They weren't electronic. That, that dates me. And I really saw that as an opportunity. And I, I held, and I still do, but I held IHA up on this pedestal of, oh gosh, what a, what a remarkable association. I'm proud to be part of that. I'd love to be more involved at some point um, and thought, you know, that's going to happen maybe later on in my career. So as things progressed, I still use the education every year. But I've gone through council membership, been involved that way, really developed more of an advocacy knack throughout as I've gotten through my career. And and IHA has helped to foster that and and feed that. I found avenues to be able to do that quite effectively. And then becoming more involved. As uh, you know, I'm on the board now and serve also as uh, one of the committee members for our, our PAC and and most recently for the CEO search. So I've really become ingrained in, in IHA and, and I've really seen that grow and develop uh, through my career. And I'm very proud of that fact because as the association has changed, I've lived through name change, lived through leadership changes, but the IHA is still remaining that uh, beacon for really the unifier for all 118 hospitals in the state and, and really healthcare in general. And so I'm proud to continue to be a part of it. And I've really seen that grow and develop over the years. Well, thank you so much for uh, all your participation in all the councils and on our board and your participation in our recent CEO search, which I'm happy to report. Chris will be a future guest on this podcast. So we look forward to that. That's uh, funny you mentioned the publications because I've heard uh, legends around here about, you know, all staff spending weeks back in the print shop gathering all this information. They had annual publications that came out, right? And reports and things. I remember those vividly and you look forward to those and you, you received actually hard copy of market share reports of the data bank uh, information, the annual reports, and you had profiles of all hospitals. And that was a big publication every year that changed in terms of whether it was leadership or statistics. And now it's, you know, it's all at the touch of our fingers, right? I mean, on the computer and yeah. so much more accessible, but it it's the same valuable information, just in a different format. And that's been the neat thing too, to see of, of IHA. It's, uh, you know, adapting to that, um, but still providing the same really necessary information for decades. Well, my colleague, Corey Martin, who's a big fan of yours, uh, referenced that you had at one time in your career left the state of Iowa and then returned back to the good old Hawkeye state. Can you tell the listeners what brought you back to Iowa? The first driver of that was really my family. This, This is, was, and will continue to be home for us. And leaving just didn't feel right. It sure seemed like a good opportunity. It seemed like a good idea. But when it was truly materialized. It really wasn't a good fit for our family. And so I was home and I had the good fortune and blessing to be able to come back 
to the same organization, Unity Point Health. But it was a great move for not only my family, but for me professionally and a realization of what's really important in life. It is that level of of family uh, support, joy and happiness, and then your professional fulfillment, which I've been able to find for now well over two decades right here in in the great state of Iowa. And on that note, did you attend high school in Iowa? And if you did, or or what town did you go to high school in? I did. I'm a lifelong Iowan. I grew up in Fort Dodge, Iowa, and and graduated from St. Edmund High School there. Do you get a chance to go back to Fort Dodge very often? Do you still have family there? I don't. Um, Both my parents have passed, so I don't have any other siblings there, but have very fond memories of that. And Joe, a little known fact, those folks that are listening today that are in that uh, neck of the woods will know a true native by the way they say the town's name. It's Fordodge. It's all one word. There's no T. So okay. um, I still have very much the Fordodge uh, native in me and, and very proud of my, my roots. And that's also where my wife is from too. And can you tell us what was your first job in healthcare? My first job was as a billing clerk at McFarland Clinic in college. I did my undergraduate work at Iowa State and I was a billing clerk uh, there at McFarland. So in the basement and in handling Medicare and Blue Cross bills, uh, that's, where I, that's where I first cut my teeth before I, I went on to graduate school. Did that experience help you uh, confirm that you wanted to work in healthcare the rest of your career? It did. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the work around the billing side, but I had a chance to be around healthcare. So I was around other staff members, you know, and it wasn't like I interacted with any of the C-suite folks or anything like that, but I got a chance to feel what it was like there to work at McFarland and, and thus right next door to Mary Greeley, which I got a chance to have some exposure to. And, and uh, that, that just, that's helped to solidify it, um, that this was the right field for me. And David, what's something people don't know about you? So something people don't know about me is I'm uh, quite an avid water skier. Um, I enjoy uh, water skiing and actually I'm on a water ski team out of Lake Panorama. So um, that's something most people don't know. And this time of year, it's really tough to, to exercise that, but I'm looking forward to the spring. And wow. So you say a team, does that mean you form figurations like a pyramid together or are you skiing at the same time? Yep, we do. So I, um, uh, this past summer is the third year I've been on that team and we did, uh, was on part of three pyramids and also uh, our second daughter does it with me. And uh, we also start with her on my shoulders and we do a little act uh, there as well. So we have some fun. <laughs> and I'm oh glad my I goodness. <laughs> so are you able to, was it called the slalom ski or what's the water where it's just one? Yep. I slalom ski. Yep. And I also, uh, I also uh, uh, do barefoot skiing as well. That is, wow. That's very surprising. That's awesome. Have a lot of fun with it. Well, David, thank you for your participation in the IHA Storytellers event at the 2019 annual meeting reception and telling your story about having cancer. You told the audience about how your approach to delivering care changed as a result of your personal experiences. In a similar light, has COVID-19 changed your views on delivering healthcare to Iowans based on overseeing thousands of healthcare workers who continue to be on the front lines of the pandemic? Yeah, I don't know how you can go through the last 21 months without having the pandemic affect you very personally and, and obviously professionally too. What taught me is a couple of, of really important things. Number one is we shouldn't take our health for granted and we shouldn't take our team for granted. You know, having to plan for this and doing all the disaster preparedness, you know, we did all those exercises in the back of my mind thinking, 
we're not going to have to use that for a pandemic. Well, it was it was really important that we did that to be able to prepare for how to run incident command, how to handle curveballs thrown at you very quickly. It really taught us to act on our feet. Planning cycles in our world, maybe our annual or quarterly, we had to do them weekly, sometimes daily. And it was a reminder that we can do that and how important it is to work together as, as a team, whether that's independent physicians, your local public health department, uh, state government, your traditional competitors. I One thing I'm probably the most proud of uh, during the pandemic is our relationship with, in our region, Mercy One, and then Broadlawns and the VA. We had a very close and still do close working relationship in terms of supplies, policies, protocols, communication that really helped us get through it. Well, thank you so much, David Stark, President and CEO of Unity Point Health Des Moines for being on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and thanks for doing this. This podcast has been an opportunity to learn more about Iowa hospital leaders. Thank you for listening and please join us next month for another interview.